This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hi, you're listening to Ingridopedia, a food fight podcast, but we don't fight with food, we fight with facts and stories and uses about a specific ingredient each episode. Uh, my name is Ben Birchall and I'm joined by my co-host Emily Naismith. Hi, Em. Hello. Today we're talking about oranges. Mm. I want to start off with a little story from my sister. Okay. Do you know the soft drink? Orangina. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it comes in that really cute bottle. Little bottle, little yeah. squat kind of bottle, yeah. Yeah, so she ordered it one day from a cafe and she pronounced it. She said, could I please have a bottle of Orangina? Is that how you say it? <laughs> and the guy was like, it's Orangina, but we call it what you said on Fridays. <laughs> And winked at her and she's just never recovered. <laughs> so she wanted me to look into how to pronounce Orangina for this, but I didn't. But I just thought it would be nice to humiliate her yeah. on the podcast yeah. instead. Good enough. Um, it does feel like a really simple ingredient, like one of those really elemental kind of ingredients that for some reason we're like, I don't know, 70 ingredients in and we have done, you know. Yeah, we did mandarin way before We did mandarin oranges. way before oranges. We, we've done like... Uh, tamarind, but yeah. we've never done oranges. So it does feel like one. It's, it's high time we, we unpeel it. Mm. Let's fight about it. So we know that in the 70s, people love pineapple. Yeah. They love jelly. Sure did. They love celery, cucumber, bananas, hot dogs, preferably together. <laughs> they loved uh, pimento olives. They did. They loved... Uh, Liverwurst. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aspic. Oh, yeah. It was, um, a, it was a time. <laughs> they also loved oranges. Yeah. Okay. There are, like, obviously some ungodly combinations of all those things, some of which we've made on the podcast. Mm. Um, but today I wanted to turn my attention to the orange-based 70s recipes. So there were three I was looking into for this episode that I found on my favourite Instagram account, 70s Dinner Party, mm-hmm. which everybody should follow if you want to wake up to delightfully insane recipes featuring usually featuring featuring hot dog meat ground down to the um consistency of cornmeal they're always saying that i don't know why i don't know what cornmeal is i don't know why you ground down a hot dog but anyway these three recipes ham and orange cookies oh yeah like I was keen to make them because they sound so I just did a disgusting. Little in the back of my throat when you said that. <laughs> but they only had like orange rind, and the rest was like ham and I don't know, like basically just pure fat and no sugar. So I don't know. It didn't really sound that appealing. No. Um, the next one was orange and banana chicken. Yeah. So simply, you bake the chicken breast for fifteen minutes, pour over orange juice and spices, then bake them for an hour. They're going to be dry as hell. It's going to be dry. Don't use breast when you're baking. God. And then you top them with tinned oranges and a sliced banana. I love that. Like tinned oranges as well. (laughs) Great. Great. Um, But I respected bananas too much to do that. (laughs) And so I landed on chicken and orange soup. Okay. Sorry, orange and chicken soup. Orange orange first. Okay. (laughs) So it only has three ingredients. It's got four cups of chicken stock, one cup of orange juice, a tablespoon of chopped parsley, and then you garnish with orange slices. Um, Obviously, 
Doesn't sound great, but the comments were a real highlight for me, the comments on the Instagram. So it says, surf six. <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. Surf six, so everyone gets less than one cup. That's good. <laughs> and just when you thought that they couldn't improve upon brunch, chicken mimosas. <laughs> And this is something your mother-in-law would recommend for constipation. <laughs> so let's make this right. chicken orange soup. Sorry, orange chicken soup from the 70s. So I'm doing one cup of chicken stock, a quarter of a cup of fresh orange juice that I squeezed. Mm. I've got some chopped parsley that I grew. <laughs> and then I guess we'll mix our chicken orange soup together and serve with a... Oh, yeah, you've got the garnish and everything. Garnish. Should I just put that in there? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> okay. okay. And then we'll taste. Mmm. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know why anyone would ever do this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically fruity chicken soup. Fruity mm. chicken soup. Mmm. Like it's neither juice. It's 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 definitely not a soup that you a savory soup. It's just in in between both and also nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a pleasant sensation, is it? That's that's no. not pleasant. <laughs> it's actually really not pleasant. <laughs> no, it's not. No. No, that's that's enough for me, dog. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, maybe chicken mimosas not for us. Okay, Emily, uh, we're going to stay with orange juice, kind of, mm. uh, for our next fact. Um, I've just put two glasses in front of you. Yes. One is a glass of Fanta, and the other is a glass of Sunkissed. Okay. They're both carbonated, <clears throat> sugary orange drinks. Yep. Um, I feel like I can tell by sight. Yeah? Yeah. Which which one do you think it is? I think this is Fanta. Interesting. Okay. Have a little taste. Okay. See what you can tell me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the second one? That's Fanta. No, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got an aftertaste. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. Mm. Really thinking. I like this one better. Mm -hmm. I think this one's Fanta. You're incorrect. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. That is, yeah, your gut was right at the start. You second guess yourself. So the one with the with the little rubber band on it there, that's uh, that's Fanta. The other one is Sunkissed. Um, would you say they felt very different? Like, what's the? Would you say one of them tastes more orangey than the other? Um. One of them tasted more fruity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They taste very similar. They, they are very similar, but there is one difference, and not, not paid by the people of the Coca-Cola Corporation, yeah. um, but Fanta in Australia, and not everywhere in the world, not the mm. United States for, sh for sure, but in Australia, contains trace amounts of orange juice. <laughs> so the Australian ingredients are carbonated water, sugar, orange juice from concentrate, 2.1%, and then food acid, 330, 331. Flavour, natural colour, preservatives, sweeteners, antioxidant, 
Um, so yeah, we've got real, real orange. Sunkist, no real orange. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're doing pretty well. The UK, three point seven percent. Well, it says three point seven percent citrus fruit from concentrate. Mm. Which makes me kind of go, are they using oranges yeah. or are they using some weird yeah, kumquats or something fruit. like yeah. that? Um, but and yeah, as I mentioned, like Sunkist, US Fanta has no orange. It has carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, of course. The good stuff. Yeah. Uh, less than 2% of citric acid, natural flavors, sodium benzoate to protect taste. It's so interesting how like one brand can be have such different recipes in different parts of the world. Yeah. Like why? Well, Surely we all like the same delicious things. Not so. Uh, it's, and Fanta is pretty different all over the world. Mm. Um, when I was a kid in Indonesia, there was all sorts of flavors of Fanta. There was lemon and pineapple and grape and mm. strawberry. And like we were just like, what is going on here? Because to us in Australia from 1960 onwards, Fanta was just orange. I might sound surprised about Fanta having actual orange content because that wasn't always the case. Fanta has an interesting origin story, which isn't necessarily orange related. And the good news for you, Emily, is that we need to go back to World no. War II. Oh, my God. Whew. I thought this was going to be yes. a fun fact about drinking I gave soft you some drink. sugar so then I could tell you about World War II. The soft drink Fanta, this is from Atlas Obscura, the soft drink Fanta was invented by Coca-Cola inside Nazi Germany during World War II. Wow. So after the bombing of Pearl Harbor um, saw the Americans join World War Two, there were strict embargoes. I can see you, you're I'm, really trying to concentrate. I'm trying. You understand that during wars you can't, like, the, the movement of goods around the planet is, is I understand. restricted. And, um, you know, American goods going to the enemy was very restricted. So Germany could no longer get the ingredients for Coke um, and had to improvise. So back to the article. The drink was technically fruit-flavoured, but limited wartime resources made that descriptor not wholly accurate. Its ingredients were less than appetizing. Leftover apple fibers, mash from cider presses, and whey, a cheese byproduct. To be honest, doesn't sound bad. <laughs> uh, Fanta was made from the leftovers of the leftovers, says Mark Pendergrast, who, as the author for, for God, Country, and Coca-Cola, revealed this hidden past. I don't imagine it tasted very good. Yeah, right. So despite that, Fanta became a point of nationalistic pride in Nazi Germany and was consumed by the German public from the Frau's cooking at home to the highest officials of the Nazi party and really took off there. After the, after the war, Fanta was actually discontinued because there was no need for it anymore. Um, they, you know, the, uh, the ingredients of Coke were freely available in, in Germany again, so they went back to just making Coke. But... It was relaunched in 1955 after Pepsi launched a whole bunch of other drinks uh, and other flavoured drinks. So Coke, not to get left behind, um, started making Fanta again. Um, it was actually Coca-Cola Italy who used local citrus to make the orange version we now know in 1955. Um, and it actually wasn't launched in the US for another five years, so not until 1960. And it really only became widely available in the US in 2001. And that was to serve the uh, Hispanic population because it was so famous and popular all over the world. Um, as I mentioned, in Indonesia, it was a completely different product. And so while you can get those weird flavors here now, as a child of the 80s, Fanta will only ever have one flavor for me. And that's Nazi flavor. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I meant orange. Ben, I know you like Vegemite and honey, preferably together. 
I know yep. you like jam. Yep. I know you like peanut butter, despite the fact you buy the driest peanut butter. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm interested to know where you stand on another breakfasty com- condiment, mm-hmm. marmalade. Uh, I'm okay with marmalade. Well, I've always absolutely hated it. Oh, really? Um, I just remember my mum making jars of it at home and thinking that it's such a shame that I don't like it because I'm literally surrounded by 20 jars of it at any one time. Um, hers was super chunky. With Did you like, bring some of Mandy's homemade marmalade with No, oh. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I could have, but why would I? Um, but, yeah, hers, her marmalade was, like, really chunky with, like, really thick peel, which may be part of the reason why I don't like it mm. because I don't really like dried citrus peel. It's pretty peel. bitter, like, for a, for a kid's palate, especially, like, yeah, that bitterness is not going to not no. gonna fly. Well, I think, like, even now, like, a Christmas pudding with mixed peel in it is ruined. Yeah. You just got to leave it out. Anyway, Um Having said all this, the last time I tried marmalade was when I was a kid, I think. So maybe like my ch- chilly awakening, um, I have maybe grown up and perhaps I can like it. So I went to Gertrude Street Grocer and bought the best looking, very expensive and delicious sounding marmalade I could find. It's this, I think it's Italian. Mm. It's organic orange marmalade. Looks legit. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a product of Italy, so it must be using Italian It, it also oranges. looks like it's got very, very small bits of peel in there. Like, it's pretty yeah. mulched up. So, let's see. All right. I think you're going to like it. Mm. <laughs> it is very bitter. <laughs> but I don't hate it. Okay. Let me give it a try. Yeah, I, I do like... Who hasn't eaten marmalade in the last 20 years. <laughs> I like it a lot more than I expected. And I like not getting like a quarter of an orange on my spoon like I do with my mum's peel and all. That is a particularly bit of, bit of marmalade. Really? But it's really good. Um, the guy, when I bought it from the shop, he's like, I love this so much. You picked a good one. And when I told him it was because I don't like marmalade. I'm trying to <laughs> like it. He's, he, he said I should try it with um, ricotta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would work too. Okay. There you go. I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get you back on marmalade. Okay. Well, give me a month. I'll right. report back. Report back. <laughs> and we look forward to hearing. Uh, Emily, it's very funny that for your first fact, you wanted to explore the use of orange in savoury dishes from mm. the nineteen seventies, because, uh, as you mentioned, orange and meat was big in the seventies. And it was also big in my household. Okay. Um, so, you know, as I've mentioned before, sometimes I sit down and think about the think about the ingredient. I go, okay, how do I use it? Did you make What's, the ham and orange cookies? I didn't make the ham and orange <laughs> cookies. I mean, luckily, I didn't make any of the three things you mentioned. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking, how do I use orange? How do I use oranges? How do I use orange juice? What's a, what's a kind of classic dish that I would use that would use orange or orange juice? And I went, oh, my mum's apricot chicken. Apricot chicken has so oranges. Has orange juice in it. Oh. And I, I think it might have been, I, I should check with her, might have been her addition because I looked, I found pretty similar uh, recipes online. It's a pretty classic <laughs> I think Australian kind of 1970s and 80s dish. I don't think I've ever, I've definitely never made it and I don't think I've ever even had it. 
Well, let me talk you through what's in it. I'm not going to go to the the recipe websites. I'm just going to tell you what I did. Yes. Some chicken thighs. Because you made it. I made it. Okay. Oh, my God. I made it. (laughs) Um, And here it is. Emily. Oh, my gosh. My mum's apricot chicken. Uh, You get chicken thighs. And you you mentioned chicken breast before. Like, God, if you're cooking chicken breast for an hour, it's just going to turn into leather. People, use the thighs. The fat (laughs) is great. Use the thighs with with the bone in as well. I didn't. I used fillets for this one. I... uh, Dredge, yeah, dredge it in a little, little flour, salt and pepper, give it a little fry, and then pour in about 250 mils. I think it was about a quarter of a litre bottle of, of, you know, the real cheap orange juice, yeah. just like the, the cheapy, cheap stuff. Uh, no pulp. No pulp, just like the, the plastic bottle on the shelf, yeah. the shelf-stable orange juice. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah. Real shelf-stable. Um and actually, sorry, I say pour it in. I did mix it in a jug beforehand. I don't think you really need to. Uh, um, so, yeah, a, a bunch of orange juice. And I think that's to bulk it out because it's real cheap. Then you put in a, a tin of apricot nectar. Yeah. And a packet of French onion soup. It's always the French onion soup always making French its way soup. into And you know what's in French <laughs> onion soup? Onion. MSG. Oh, wow. Okay, so this will be amazing. So, yeah, you... you, uh, uh, As in, like, actual MSG? Yeah, uh, uh, 625. No, 635. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of the MSGs. Yeah. Um, And then you cook it for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, and you put in some tinned apricots as well. Oh, okay, so it actually has apricots. It's got apricots not in just it. The, nectar. the orange is really in there so, to bulk it out. Are the apricots like something you can see? You can. I might not have got any big bits of apricot in there. I think I've got a big bit of apricot in there. There you go. Okay, so let me know what you think. Because, you know, I, I cooked um, my mum's uh, tuna casserole for my kids. Mm for the tuna episode and it didn't go down very well and we haven't made that again yeah i made this <laughs> kids loved it mm. and i actually took it to like a like a potluck kind of party uh that like a it was a winter solstice party that uh, in my neighborhood i took it took it there last night mm. it, it was it was a hit you can really taste the apricots yeah Really apricot forward. Um, I can't taste the oranges that much. I think no, the apricots. I mean, are- the orange is like it's a supporting character, really. Yeah. Like it's not, it's kind of not really doing much other than just making up the numbers. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is very nice. It is very sweet. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see why it's a hit with kids. Yeah. The kids are like, wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> my weekly sugar intake. <laughs> But yeah, the chicken's really well cooked, and um, yeah, I definitely eat a, a bowl of it for sure. Okay, all right. Well, I'll um, I'll bring it to our next potluck <laughs> <Okay>. dinner. <laughs> Question: Did you ever play inter-school sport in primary school? Yes, I did. What did you play? Soccer. Okay. And. Rounders. Oh, yeah. I played rounders for a bit and then I moved on to softball Uh and basketball. Um, But one of my strongest memories of that time is um, 
unsurprisingly, when the teachers cracked out the orange quarters mm. at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute highlight. Um, except sometimes at my school they were frozen. I don't, I don't know why. We, we called them like frozen oranges yeah. and we looked forward to that. But I, I personally loved it when they weren't frozen on the odd occasion that we had a fresh <laughs> orange. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you had them when you were a kid. You're a soccer dad now. Do they still have orange quarters? They, they do. Um, I was actually going to talk about it in my next fact. Oh, really? But, um, I am a soccer dad. I did. Uh, I, I have. I have done the orange orange quarters for for halftime for Walter's soccer team, and prompted reviews were very good when I asked them, "Are they the best orange segments you guys have had?" The answer was yes. Well, that's good. I looked a little, maybe looked a little needy when I asked them. <laughs> thank you, Seb, for making me feel better about myself. So I've been thinking about oranges and sport and why that's a thing because I've never eaten an orange quarter just like by itself. Like I've obviously eaten orange by segments, but why Why do we have the quarters for sport? Mm. Um, so I guess like I guess orange is juicy, I don't know, hydrating because um, – in the 90s, kids definitely weren't drinking water. Like, I, water never touched my lips, so I was getting all my hydration. So true. <laughs> just didn't drink water, no. did we? Maybe from the bubbler every now and again, but... Yeah, and it tasted really good from the bubbler, but from the tap, absolutely no <laughs> way I was going near that unless it was mixed with, like, 50% cordial. Yeah. Um, and obviously, oranges also give you energy to keep playing because they have lots of sugar. Um, and they're even a thing in America, so... The Athletic reports that NFL teams are required by the league to provide three dozen orange slices for visiting teams mm. during the halftime of games. Um, but, Ben, times have changed since we were kids. Like, maybe not in talking, but <laughs> did you know that orange quarters at kids' sport have been cancelled? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to have to tell the local league. So, this is from a Seven News report. Halftime oranges are a long-standing kids' sport tradition, but some clubs and parents are moving to ban the popular snack. Many South Australian sporting clubs want to ban the fruit over fears high levels of acid are bad for children's teeth. Then it quotes the chairman of a soccer club. Soccer. Okay. It's something that seems to have evolved from parents talking to other parents and saying, look, let's not go the oranges. Let's give the kids a sugar hit. So, oranges... What have they been replaced with? Snakes. Lollies. Yeah. Something as better for your teeth. Yeah. I don't understand how that no, works. That's, that's weird. I feel like the kids have, have yeah. got, in, got in the ear <laughs> of the parents for that one. Yeah. The theory behind it is that the orange itself isn't bad for the teeth, but the dehydration that comes with it is. So when you're dehydrated, the level of saliva you have goes down. So the concern is that the saliva won't actually be able to come through and repair the surface of the tooth. Mm. So I guess when the teeth are like smashed in oranges, it's like, kind of, I don't know. Um, he said that like if you're doing it once a week, then it's not a big concern, but if you're constantly dehydrated, constantly have your teeth in oranges, maybe it's some kind of concern. So I don't know. I feel like this is the kind of thing I should run by my dentist (laughs) instead of just like getting it off a seven news thing. But my main takeaway is okay to eat lolly snakes, okay to eat killer pythons and um, yeah, just leave the oranges uh, in the ice cream bucket or whatever you transport. Yeah, okay. Well, good to know. I guess I'll be, I'll save myself (laughs) some, some orange cutting next time. Yeah. Um, interestingly, you've, you, that you did bring that up. I, I, uh, I am a soccer dad. I, I did have to cut up 
a dozen oranges the other day. And I also feel like maybe this podcast is turning into a bit of a, like a, what hacks are we finding on TikTok? So I want to mash those two things together (laughs) um, and leave myself with absolutely no margin for error. I've got two oranges here. Um, just because I only bought two today for some reason. I should have brought more so that I did have a margin for error, but I don't. Um, And I've spotted a bunch of like orange cutting life hacks on the internet. There's so many of them. Like it's almost all the internet is, is orange. It's like cats (laughs) and orange cutting hacks. I haven't come across this. Well, there's two that I I will show you. The first one, this is uh, from somebody called Twin Coast. Um. It's just a real classic. Uh, this is really sort of a, about quickly peeling an orange. Orange life hack. Put the orange on its side and cut it down the middle. And once you do that, you're gonna have two halves looking like this. Next, what you're gonna do is you're gonna take your thumbs and push on the back of the orange, just like this. And look at that. Mm. You get the perfect little chunks. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Okay. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. So I'm not leaving myself much margin. Basically, she pushes it out like a... Yeah, like an um, inside out tennis ball. Yeah, like a, and they the segments just fall off. They and just it's like magically half a little. fall off. Okay. okay. I feel like she's frozen the orange or something. But yeah, so you cut it kind of around around its belly rather than sort of, you know, through the... Yep. Through the end points. Okay. And then... You just this is not working <laughs> this is just this is so messy no. you're doing it wrong <laughs> like what has she done beforehand this is not working it's a trick it's this a is not working. <laughs> and then it just breaks tiktok come on yeah like it's not no nah. i'm just covered in it no nah. twin coast did you Great. say there were two yeah, well, now I've got a, I've got oranges all over my hands. I've got to get to the other one. I'm like, the laptop's going to be... All right, this is the second one. All right, and this is one I'm really curious about. All right. So you chop the ends off the orange. And then you make an incision down one side to the half. And then you kind of like unfold the orange. This guy's actually really bad at it and it's really messy, but it's it's kind of comforting to know that he doesn't do a very good job of it. There are other clips on the internet where it just looks like this. So perfect. then what do you do? Get each orange then, segment off the peel. Yeah. All right, so you cut the ends off the orange. And then you cut down the middle. It'd be funny if I like cut my finger off or something. To the halfway point. Definitely unfolding nicely, segmenting nicely. But is it coming off? No. <laughs> oh no. Oranges are just No. Yeah, you've got to be in the mood to eat an orange because no, it's just very worse. hard to peel. Hack or no hack. I just feel like the internet's lied to me. There's no quick fixes in life. I'm not ready to <laughs> not ready to hear that in. Oh, well, I guess I'll just be cutting up the oranges the regular way next time. <laughs> just ruin your teeth enamel and just, just yeah. suck them. Okay, let's go get some lollies. <laughs> okay, so what did we talk about? I made orange and chicken soup from the 70s. I 
discovered that maybe I don't hate marmalade and then I looked into orange quarters in sport and how they've been cancelled. I talked about Fanta's dark Nazi past. I made my mum's apricot chicken, which had orange juice in it for some reason. <laughs> and I tried out some, um, some, some life hacks and they didn't, um, they didn't really work. Mm-hmm. So Maybe stay off TikTok then. Yeah. <laughs> you can vote for whose facts you found most interesting on our Instagram. Just follow us on and we're at Ingridopedia. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye now.